Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. All right, well, sadly, the NFL season is over, which means we have uh, about half a year to wait to the next go-round of pro football. Um, I thought on the whole it was a, a disappointing season on the national level, but the playoffs, aside from the Eagles clunker, actually pretty good. Um, l- last night was a highly compelling game, an incredibly compelling fourth quarter in overtime, and I thought two pretty evenly matched teams, although in the end I think the, the people that said, you know, pick KC just because of Mahomes were frankly proven right. I mean, I think KC won because of Mahomes. Let's talk to our next guest. There's an awful lot to break down. Elliot Shore Parks joins us, and he's brought to us by Colonial Hyundai. Today is the best day to buy a new car at Colonial Hyundai. 6500 for your trade, guaranteed with rates as low as 0%. Shop them online, 24-7 at ColonialHyundai.com. Good morning, Elliot. Good morning, guys. How you guys doing? Well, doing, doing well. all right, man. There's a lot to do here. Uh, all right, Elliot, I'm going to tell you right now, first two questions. Let's go one at a time. Question one is going to be biggest takeaway as it relates to the Super Bowl, KC and San Fran. Question two is going to be same type of thing, but as it relates to the Eagles. So let's start last night in a KC-San Fran world. What stood out to you the most from Super Bowl 58 related to those two teams? Yeah, I would say for me, you know, growing up, I wasn't really big into, like, dynasties. Like, I always was, was annoyed by, like, the Spurs when they won all the time, the early parts of the Patriots. But I was, I was rooting for KC last night. Obviously, I wanted Andy to win. But yeah. watching Mahomes do what he did last night, do it at the end of regulation, at the end of overtime, like, I, I don't know. I really enjoyed it. Like, I think watching Mahomes uh, pull that off, uh, you know, it just cements his place as the best quarterback of all time, in my opinion, or at least certainly right there with Brady. And then the same thing with Andy. So, you know, I was just surprised that, you know, I was rooting for them. Because normally I hate dynasties, but I, I, I've enjoyed uh, them doing it and doing it last night. Yeah, I feel very similar, if not exactly the same. I, I enjoy it. Look, I like greatness, and Mahomes is certainly greatness. And when I watch Mahomes, I think Jordan, I think Gretzky, I think Brady, I think, you know, pick your guy. Like, there's only a few of them, and, uh, and he's an all-timer. All right, Elliot, as it relates to the Eagles, what is your biggest takeaway from last night's game? You got the coordinators. You got the linebackers. You got the yeah. motion on offense. You got Andy Reid coaching on the other team who, you know, Jeffrey Lurie controlled his destiny. He didn't have to fire him 11 years ago. What is your biggest takeaway as it relates to the Eagles from last night's Super Bowl? So I've always been big into having your play caller as your head coach. And obviously those two teams last night had that. And and Andy Reid's done a phenomenal job of it. But I did think watching the game last night, and I'll do this especially with overtime, like there might be true value in just having a head coach that only has to worry about making situational decisions. Because as good of a play caller as Kyle Shanahan is, he runs all the motion and all that. Like to take the ball at the beginning of overtime, and and then there's reporting that, you know, some of the Niners players didn't even know the new rules going into overtime and weren't sure. Like maybe the better path is having a head coach that worries about things like that. You know, like that's not worried about running the offense while also having to worry about making those decisions. Cause I thought kicking uh, taking the ball at the beginning of overtime was such a bad, I mean, it probably cost them the Super Bowl in some ways. And it's such an avoidable mistake. If you have a head coach that's worrying about 
only those things. So I've always thought the head coach should be the head play that should be the play caller. I don't know if I'm completely Jeez. off that yet. We view that really differently. I, the, 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 How so? The opportunity to have the third chance to to get the ball back in a sudden death scenario is part of why that's an attractive option. Why taking the ball? But, but Assuming the, you score a touchdown, the opponent scores a touchdown, then you get the ball with a sudden death, like with, when you can go win it with a field goal. Right, but you basically have to score a touchdown there. And the advantage is for the second team that gets it, they then know what they have to do, right? I like, understand. Like fourth, yes. A fourth down decision there, you know, if you know, as field goal, I have to go for it here. Correct. And, and you get the ball with a chance to more than likely win the game, right? If, I mean, if you consider if the first team is either going to punt, uh, you know, kick a field goal or score a touchdown. Like, yeah, it's a very good reason. A it is game. a good knowing reason, Elliot. What, knowing what you have to do is a great reason. But also getting the ball in a sudden death when you – Again, you have already scored. The opponent has also scored. Now you get the ball that third time. Yeah. That's huge. Look, you Elliot, it's, end it, it it's a that. different game than where this whole thing came from when Casey and Buffalo two, two years ago or three, whatever the heck it was, going up and down in 2021, where the perception was both teams would score in overtime and then you'd want the third possession. This is a different game. Offenses last yeah, night weren't cooking on, in the first half, but I don't think it's as much a slam dunk as you make it out to be there. I don't know. I mean, Richie's whole thing is saying he wants the ball with a chance to win. Like, I'm just Chiefs saying it's a consideration. Yeah, the third, the no, third know, possession the Chiefs, is a valid consideration. The Chiefs won it, it on is. the second, though. Yeah, but the no, Chiefs got that. a possession earlier with a chance to win. That's the point I'm making. Like, mm-hmm. like I get your yeah. point. The third possession, that in some ways might be the true first, like, sudden death possession. Right. But the Chiefs got the ball on the second possession with what you're trying to obtain on the third possession. Yeah. All right, Elliot. Oh, man. I a lot of ways to go here. Is Purdy in the national rankings definitely going to be ahead of jail in this offseason? Yes, yeah. definitely. Yeah. I don't even think it's debatable. Now, I, I, don't, I don't think he was that great in the playoffs. Like, you know, he was obviously good at the end of the NFC Championship game. I thought he had some moments last night early on. He cooled off, you know, pretty considerably after that first quarter. But, I mean, we saw last year, like, I know Jalen was dinged a little bit in the rankings, but Jalen went from, what, the mid-20s after 2021 to, to top five or six in most rankings going into last season. Purdy, I think, will be ahead of Jalen. And I also think, you know, if you pulled all 32 GMs, I'd be curious to see who more would take. Like, I think both probably get dinged as, you know, results of their uh, – um, the, of who they're around. But I don't think it's a slam dunk that the majority of GMs would take Jalen over Brock Purdy. Elliot, what does it mean for the Eagles that Hassan Reddick was given permission to seek a trade? Yeah, so there's, there's a couple ways to look at this. One is this could result in him coming back, right? Last year, Darius Slay, uh, we were at the Birdstown Hall. Like, he was going to be released. He was mm-hmm. going to be traded. There was talk, and then he ended up back with the team. So right. I think that by allowing him to seek a trade, it's basically one way for him to go out Look what the, whoever's going to pay him the most money. And then at that point, the Eagles can say, okay, this is the best offer you have. We will match that. We'd love to have you back. Or they can say, you know, that's more than we're willing to. And you try to trade them. So it's, it's possible that this is you know, like that. That's how it ends up. Right. But my only issue with it is you're risking this with your best defensive player and, and an extremely important part of your team. I, I, I don't get why the Eagles have been so hesitant to pay Hassan Reddick. They wouldn't do it last offseason when he wanted his new deal. It seems that they're certainly not at least jumping at the chance to pay him what he's looking for this offseason by allowing him to seek a trade. And I know they can save money and you can make the argument, you know, I, I think he's about to be 30 or maybe he's 28. Like he's not super early in his career. But if they lose Hassan Reddick, they have a massive, massive hole to fill on their defense. So 
he could still be back. It wouldn't shock me. But, you know, I, I, I think this is a very risky move by them. Ellie, let me ask you this. What do you know, what do you sense about Reddick's frustration with the organization late in the year related to who the defensive coordinator was, who it wasn't, how they were playing it, who Reddick blames for all of that, and to whatever extent that could set in motion. I mean, he just seems like a great guy, great guy. But is he down on the franchise, and do you think that sets in motion some of this? I think he was very frustrated at the end of the season. I mean, he barely talked to, to reporters. He was barely in the locker room. Uh, when he did talk, you know, I think just reading his body language and being there, he didn't come across as someone that was super excited about the defensive coordinator position uh, or, you know, how that was handled. I don't think he was alone in that. Like, I don't think that's exclusive to Hassan Reddick. Right. I think a lot of defensive players didn't like the switch and especially how it ended up playing out. But, you know, I think his frustration – is probably, you know, on a greater scale, he probably feels like he's always been undervalued by the league. Like, even when the Eagles signed him as a free agent, he was coming off at the time back-to-back double-digit sack seasons. Like, if a guy his age hits the free agency market with that kind of resume, you would think he's getting almost borderline quarterback money, if not, like, close to it. And he didn't get that. The Eagles got him on a cheap deal. And then he had 16 or, you know, 19 sacks or whatever it was, and they still wouldn't give him a new deal. And then he had double-digit sacks again. And now it looks like there's still some hard negotiating going on with the money. So I I don't think, I don't think Hassan's frustration is like exclusive with the Eagles. I'd imagine he's someone that's put up really good numbers for a long time. and just doesn't feel like he's valued around the league. Like he should be. Yeah. If Hassan Reddick were six, six, 270 pounds, it it would be such a different career experience for him. Well that, and I'll tell you this, if Hassan Reddick had handled it eight months ago, the way, or six months ago, whatever it was, the way Bosa and, Chris Jones did. He probably would have already gotten paid. Well, that's the thing. Like, right. like he like did the, that didn't the right. Want him to, everyone, everyone that didn't want him to hold out last year because we talked about him. It was like, yeah. no, you have to report. Like, this is the result of that. You yeah. know, if, if he would have held out last year, and who knows how it plays out, but if he would have made it ugly last year, this is probably a, a problem that's solved last year. Now, maybe he's not on the team, yeah. but it certainly isn't a problem we're dealing with right now. Well, it's part of why they the, the Eagles, they know that they have some advantage because he loves this city. He loves playing here. Like they've got yeah, some I leverage don't, I don't in that know respect, about don't that. they? I'm, sh- I'm sure he loves playing here. And obviously he's from here and all those things. And I don't blame him for this. I, if I'm Hassan, like I'll go play wherever. If totally. it's the most money. But the last, point. Like, <laughs> I, I get it. But last year he didn't, you know, last year you, you saw examples around the league where other guys were jerks and they got paid for it. He wasn't a jerk and he's paying for it now. I agree. Uh, that was probably a mistake. Yeah, yes. I, I agree. Yes. I, I agree it, with that. It, yes, it was, but we applauded it and we are grateful <laughs> for it. Right. It's hurting him. That's yeah. the bottom line. What, how can we make sense of who tweets what with, with AJ Brown? What is going on? <laughs> yeah, I honestly, I, I, you know, I like to consider myself an expert on reading the social media stuff, you know, like emojis, all that. I got no idea what happened last night with, with AJ Brown. Like, was it him? Was it at him? Was he, did he tweet it and then decide it wasn't going well? All right, Elliot, before you, before you keep joke, going, do, like, do me a favor, because this got so confusing, we haven't even addressed this yet. <laughs> For everyone waking up that doesn't know anything about what you're talking about, can you go through yeah. what you're referring to so everyone's in tune with what you're talking about? So I believe what happened was there was an incident on the sideline with Travis Kelsey where he runs into Andy, or more than runs into him, like he's screaming in his face and you yeah. know, really kind of losing it. And A.J. Brown tweets something to the effect of, you know, I would be out of the league if that happened. Obviously referring to the fact that all year he caught a lot of criticism for 
you know, stuff on the sideline that was extremely tame compared to that, you Correct. know, if we're being honest, right? Like, Correct. so he, he tweets that, uh, you know, if he did that, he'd be out of the league. And then there's a, a, a tweet from the same account saying this is actually a fan and AJ doesn't run his account anymore. And Darius Slay tweets that he spoke to AJ and AJ wasn't the one that tweeted that. So fun times. I mean, I, you know, at this point I've, I haven't spoken to AJ about it, so I can't speak to whether it's definitely him, wasn't him. I mean, the account had 260,000 followers, so, uh, but it was, you know, in a season where it's been frustrating for fans and there's been a lot of mixed messaging, yeah. and all, like, it was probably not a fun thing to do. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Yeah, it's like another thing AJ's got to answer for. Back into the umbrella of he's a good guy, but well, issues, issues seem to stem. From, and I'm not saying he's wrong. Well, he's but right. That's what I would say. But it's he like, own correct. it. Just own yeah. it then. I mean, and by the way, if he has someone else tweeting for him, then that's dumb. And then you got to own that. Yeah. I no, think, no, I ser- think seriously. A lot of those guys have that going on, though. But 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 here's the no, deal. Think, you got to own it. That's, that's Someone else owned the account is what he was implying. But, but I, I, you know, who knows? Meaning it true. wasn't his account? Yeah, like meaning maybe someone else had control of the account that he had no relation. <laughs> I, I mean – I, I have no idea. Like, I mean, because two hundred sixty thousand people are following some other guy. <laughs> yeah. Maybe I, I agree. It's confusing. There was a, right. there was a tweet about a signed jersey, but but to your point, Joe, like AJ is correct for what it's worth. Like, I thought there was another takeaway from last night that while the Eagles sideline thing was an issue all year, if that Travis Kelsey incident happened with Nick Sirianni this year, like you know, we would all lose it, right? Like, no one respects Nick. What's going on with the team? Da, 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 da. And the AJ stuff was was tame compared to that. No question. So, I think AJ's point was correct. It's just in a year where everyone's very tired of hearing, you know, about all the drama. It right. Just didn't go over you know, Elliot, Richie made a spectacular point about 45 minutes ago that's worth a revisit. Everything you just said is true, but so too is this. The way Andy handled it, which is different than the way Belichick would have handled it, which is different than the way Sirianni would have handled it, helped the Kansas City Chiefs win the Super Bowl. Yeah. I mean, there's a, there's a relatability to players and an allowance to players that I got to imagine the players of the Kansas City Chiefs appreciate. Yeah, and I thought and Kelsey he- was totally out of line. Let me be clear. I am not defending Travis Kelsey at all. I thought that was ridiculous. If I'm the owner of the Chiefs, in the Super Bowl celebration, that postgame party last night, I'm pulling him aside. If I'm Clark Hunt, I'm pulling Travis Kelsey aside and say two things. One, great job winning the game. Two, if you haven't done it yet, you better go up to Big Red right now and apologize. I mean, right now. Because I thought it was ridiculous. But Andy handled it in a way that helped his team win the Super Bowl. Yeah, a hundred percent. I mean, you know, obviously he wasn't going to throw Kelsey out of the game, but it wouldn't have been that crazy if you would have benched yeah. him for, you know, oh. I mean, Bill I Belichick benched crazy. Malcolm Butler yeah. in a Super Bowl exactly. and we still don't know what it was about. And if Malcolm Butler plays in that game, there is a legit chance the Eagles don't win the Super Bowl. 
legit. Correct. Yeah, I, no, I, I 100% agree with you. And it's something that you hear about Andy. Obviously, we work with a lot of, you know, former players that played with him at the station. So we hear about it a lot. But even outside of IQ and, and, you know, Richie, like what you hear from former Andy players is they all love him, like to death, you know? Like, so behind the scenes, Andy definitely knows how to handle these players. He knows how to form good relationships with players. And you saw that last night. I mean, I was thinking when that happened, like, how does Nick handle that? You know, I, I think Nick. Oh, and he would have gone right back at the guy. He would have gone right, whoever he goes yeah, right back at him. I don't know. I mean, Nick. I thought this year, outside of the one incident with Reddick, like he was celebrating and like you know, there's the whole thing with him walking off the field with the Chiefs. But when there was like interpersonal stuff, I thought he did a good job trying to calm it down in his own way. So I, I don't know, but it would have been you know fascinating yeah. to see. I will say this in Sirianni's defense in this conversation, John. I think there's a chance 20 years ago Andy Reid handles that very differently. Like 20 years ago, I don't think anyone even thinks to do it. And I remember in 2012, in a pre-freaking season game, there was a defensive lineman. James, who was that guy they signed uh, the D-tackle? Cullen Jenkins. Andy Reid exploded on Cullen Jenkins in a preseason game in 2012. Exploded on him. But when he was exploding on people back then, it normally was merited. And I, I well, it was merited last yes, night. Certainly if Andy Reid wanted to do it to well, Travis Kelsey, it would have been merited. Okay, but last, he but he felt the moment and chose didn't not to. Feel it was merited last well, night. He believed that had he done that, it would have had detrimental long term effects. Merited I and what's the best course of action that. can be two different things. Yeah, I mean, he listen. I give him credit because he. I don't know how you have that wherewithal in that moment. I mean, that is a it, that's, that's a lot. Heated. That's instance. a lot. That's a lot. He's a lot on top of it, I guess. All right, Elliot, final thing here. We're going to be talking about this for a month. Um, Gut feeling, is Hassan Reddick going to be traded before the 2024 season? Yeah, I think he will be. Um, You know, I do do believe the team. Like, I I do think that, you know, like this is about trying to get good value and everything. Like, so I agree with that. But ultimately, I think if it gets to this point, you know, Slay came back last year, but I think that's a rare occurrence. So I, I, I do think he'll be gone. Elliot, stay well, man. Nice job all season with us. Obviously, we'll talk to you a ton in the offseason, which from an NFL standpoint has officially begun. And March is going to be crazy because with free agency, I mean, I think there could be a lot of surprises. And a lot, I think there could be some teardown. And I think Reddick could yeah, be the man. first of a, a number of notable players. that are. I mean, think about the guys that might not be here, just for whatever reason. Reddick, Cox, Graham, Kelsey, Slay, Bradbury, Swift, and I'm just getting warmed up. I mean, there could be more. So yeah, the, the, the Devonte contract too. So I'm, uh, it's going to be yeah. a fun off season for sure. Look uh, forward to talking. Elliot, stay yeah. well, buddy. Uh, and nice job all year. Thanks, pal. Yep, no problem. Thank you. All right. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field. It is high. It is far. It is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field. It's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.